As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the On Farm podcast. It's Anna with you this week. Over recent days and weeks, I've had so many conversations with friends, colleagues uh, and others about the Highland Show, which is imminent. And so this week we thought that we would rerun one of the episodes that we created in conjunction with the Royal Highland and Agricultural Society of Scotland because it really just kind of highlights the excitement and enthusiasm that everybody has as they get geared up to the Highland Show. So we thought it would get you in the mood for some business and some socialising at the Highland Show uh, next month if you're heading along. So um, I hope you enjoy. I think we've all missed the Highland Show and this will uh, maybe make you feel a little bit uh, nostalgic and excited. So I hope you enjoy and um, yeah, just sit back and relax. So we had cows, sheep, goats, pigs, tractors and trailers... We're all missing the Highland Show this year. You may have seen this family in the papers or on social media. They're missing it so much that they even decided to recreate it out of Lego in their own back garden. My name's Ailey Muirhead and I'm 12 years old. My name's Hamish Muirhead and I'm 8 years old. There was an arena where there was the guy with the dogs. There was the, I think it's the West Stage, and there was a band playing. What about the bit that Hamish would like to, what was your bit that you set up? I set up the car park as well as the climbing wall which was on one of our walls. There was like a pizza van as well. There was lots of stalls including a toy shop and a pub. I'm Lorna Muirhead and so we posted the pictures at the end of the day to the Highland Show's Facebook page. So then next thing we have a photographer from the Press Association taking pictures and a reporter taking a story and then it just went sort of snowballed from there. It may have got them a bit more attention than they bargained for uh, but it's been pretty exciting for the Muirhead family. Also it sets us up really nicely for what we're talking about in this edition of On Farm. Yeah I'm gonna be very sad then because you might not meet people that you usually meet because at the Highland Show they might be there you might meet new people. Yeah well miss going to Highland Show because I've gone for ages now. As Hamish said, actually, it's very sociable. You meet friends sometimes that you don't see from year to year. You bang into them normally at the same spot at the show every year. So, yeah, we'll definitely miss that. This second episode, in partnership with RAS, the Royal Highland Agricultural Society of Scotland, explores all the ways in which the Highland Show provides a vital social glue for so many of us in rural Scotland. We'll all be badly missing friends and loved ones, many of whom we only physically see once a year at Ingleston over those four days in the summer. In a minute, we'll bring in two social connection experts, people who can tell us why physically meeting friends really matters and who know all about the social magic that can take place at the show. 
First, though, we thought we'd encourage one pair of friends to catch up and take the time to connect, even though we're all under lockdown and they won't be able to catch up in the members. Jenny is in Cromarty and Christina is in Fife, two friends who would usually only get together at the show, but we got them together over WhatsApp for a good old blether. Hi! Hi, Cindy Mop, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Trying to multitask a little bit too much, though. I'm just like, oh, please don't let the phone go. Oh, it's good to see you, Chick. I'm knackered. I've been up all night because we're on full watch. Oh, how exciting. So I think I went to bed at half two or something and it's still no full this morning. So I'm shattered already. She waxed up and everything I take out. I think she'll be tonight or tomorrow, possibly. So yeah, yeah, it's all good. So how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm so excited about your fall. Who's this? Is this Lily? No, this is just the wee broodmare, the wee pony broodmare. Which, incidentally, would have gone to the Highland Show had it been um, on. <laughs> I feel sorry for all those people who, you know, you spend all year getting your horse or cattle beast or whatever ready. And then, no show. Just devastating. We'll eavesdrop a bit more on Jenny and Stina at the end of the episode. But now, here with me, listening in on a Zoom call, are Professor Sarah Skerritt from the Royal Society of Edinburgh, who's done a lot of academic research on mental health in rural communities, and Nina Clancy, Chief Executive of RSABI. So yes, Nina and Sarah, that, that in many ways that was a really uplifting clip because you hear two old friends chatting as though they've never been apart. But of course, the reality is that actually for those two two ladies, they live at the opposite end of the country and they do genuinely only ever have an opportunity to catch up at the Highland Show, as do many people. And I think that, that that's really quite, quite saddens me in a way, because um, there are many people I would like to be seeing at the Highland Show and I won't this year. Um, Nina, perhaps we'll kick off speaking to you if that's OK. What, what do you think this means for, for people that... that uh, and not having the opportunity to have this this social act interaction that they rely on every June. It's going to take a huge getting used to. It's something I don't think any of us have ever thought would happen. Um, and I don't think you can replace that social contact and, and meeting up with friends that way. Seeing someone face to face, giving them a hug, you know, you can tell so much from people's body language if they're in good form or bad form. And that clip, you could hear the happiness in their voices. So and that plays off each other. So, no, I, I, it's going to be very difficult for everybody, I think. Time will tell how different people are able to, to cope with that and, and the mechanisms that they might use to to try and to go some way towards replacing the these interactions. Now Sarah, I'm sure I'm sure you've been to the Highland show many times. And your expertise lies uh, as we've said in, in sort of resilience and communities and and uh, and vulnerability, but just based on that that experience and that knowledge you've got, what what do you think the Highland show really does mean to people? Not just the Highland show, actually, but, but all of the, the local and regional agricultural shows. What do you think they mean to rural people and rural communities? Well, through the research we've done around mental well-being, people have told us how important it is to them to connect and really connecting in ordinary places and in ordinary ways. You hear that when you're walking around the show, people saying, oh, gosh, you know, I didn't expect to see you. Um, and then they're connecting in their own producer groups, you know, the sheep producers and there's rivalries between the blackies and the, even the North and South Country Cheviot producers, you know. And so there's, there's those kind of communities as well. And so that people are identifying with their own communities. And we know from our own research how important that is for people's physical and mental well-being. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a real miss for folk. And 
people find other ways to connect. But really, it is about that connection across Scotland, not only the Highland Show in Central, though that is for hundreds and thousands of people, but their own local shows as well and competing as well with each other in a very healthy way. And the rivalries there are absolutely brilliant, you know, and you can see them in the ring and then you see them having a pint afterwards, you know, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Intense rivals, but the best of friends two minutes later. I've also worked on different stands. So I had a few years with the National Rural Mental Health Forum and RS Abbey is, is a, a member of that forum. And we have uh, people really opening up there. And there's, there's a couple of stories of people really opening up. The Highland Show and other shows offer that opportunity for people, if they want, to be incredibly open, you know. And again, that might be the only time in a year that they are. There was one, I hope I can tell it without crying, because it really moved me. There was this old farmer who came up and he stood at the front of the tent because it's, you know, it's labelled the National Rural Mental Health Forum. And he stood there for a while and, you know, obviously you'd you'd judge whether to go up to someone or not. And I didn't. And he came over and he started talking to me and and then said that he tried to take his life. And uh, you listen and, you know, try and understand. And he said if it hadn't been for his dogs, he wouldn't be there. And he said he walked up the hill with his gun and the dog put his head on his knee and that's what stopped him you know and you don't know what to say but thank goodness he was able to talk about it and it's opportunities like that that the show provides and that's really important whereas in your own community you're very well known the Highland Show and other shows less so, but the Highland Show particularly give that opportunity to be anonymous as well as connecting those with those you love and can't wait to see again. So I think it has that wonderful mix that allows people to open up when they want to, to address stuff and to fully relax and have a good laugh. So it, it, it offers so much for people. Yeah, wow. Gosh, Sarah, where do we go from there? That was phenomenally moving and, and I think just emphasises what... Yes, for for some people, the Highland Show is about drinking pims and having a laugh, and and we should never dismiss that because that is crucially important for people. But for others, it, the Highland Show and other regional and local shows are, are hugely important for that, as you say, that opportunity to be a bit anonymous and and be able to to open up. It, it's important that people are there to to speak to and and it's amazing that the strength of character in order for someone to be able to do that. Um, I love the shows and events locally because of the, the happiness that a lot of people feel as a result of going. So they might not be in great form when they start the day, but by the end of the day and they're leaving, you know, they've got a bit more of a spring in their step. They're, they might have shared a problem with someone else and realise they're not in the same boat. They might have shared a funny story or experience and, and that's caused great hilarity. Or quite often, you know, farmers as well, that uh, they've heard some poor unfortunate story and, and taken a bit of a smile out of that as well. <laughs> I'm going back to what you're saying about the livestock lines. I mean, there's incredible camaraderie. They look mm-hmm. after each other's stock and then they're competing against each other the next day. Also, the thing with the Highland Show, it's the creme de la creme. You know, there's a certain pride in the community showing off the best livestock, the best food and drink, the best Scotland's got to offer. So when they're getting real down in the dumps with 
blame, being blamed for climate change or for all the issues that vegans are, are, are raising. It's a sense of a yeah. common pride and, and, and yeah. there's a real lifting of you know, spirits as a result of that. And just when you're walking around and seeing kids getting involved with agriculture, you just get a sense of the future. And, and yeah, it, does, it makes everybody smile, to be fair. I think that's brilliant. When you see the wee ones in their starched white overalls, you know, bringing out some stock as well, I think that's awesome. And then, then you'll see the grandparents with them as well, grandfather or grandmother with them, sometimes in the ring as well. And you just think that's fantastic. You know, that multiple generation thing going on and the respect, the respect both ways. I think that's absolutely brilliant. I suppose it just emphasises as well that many people, when, when we hear the word community, we think local, don't we? But actually, community is local. It's your local village, your local show, your local county. But actually, your community can also be scattered throughout the whole of Scotland. Your community could be the people that you meet up with in the sheep lines. They're your sheep showing community. You might have an equine community. And so it just shows that that actually in times like this, we're missing those communities as well as just the the person we chat to at the post office down the road, Um, which, again, I think not many people perhaps give give much thought to. Absolutely. And in research terms, we talk of communities of place and communities of interest which possibly takes some of the passion out of what you were just saying but um, those communities of interest are multi-layered you know so um, you can be in a different uh, breeder society but you you also have multiple interests around that and I've also seen people going around the machinery and the suppliers you know and those are communities as well because you'll go back to the same people year on year and you might not buy each year and you see people sitting in the the machinery uh, tents or whatever, and they're having a cup of tea and uh, are chatting away and they might not buy anything that year. They might not have bought for three or four years, much to the the frustration of the sellers, but they're still old friends, you know, and they, they're talking to their, the sons of the people they've sold stuff to over the years. And these are really trusted networks, you know. They go back generations and it's it's those trusted dispersed communities amongst the one million of the rural population of Scotland you know which is which is a significant number and that's what keeps keeps people ticking over that's what keeps people going and that's why they keep coming back keep coming back for more. The key to the success of the shows is it gives that opportunity to be connected and it's that sense of connection which is so important for our happiness and well-being that's what's at threat now with not having our shows and events this or partly uh, uh, this mm. this this summer yeah yeah you've just talked yourself into that Nina because a bit later in our chat I'm going to ask you the difficult question of of how as individuals we try and fill that social void that's been left by the Highland show we're going to change tack a little bit now by bringing in some new voices so here's a clip from a young farming couple hi I'm Jeannie uh, I'm 27 and I'm Andrew Jeannie's partner I'm 33 we live just outside Duns in Berwickshire to tell you the story of uh, how we got together, um, we met at the Highland Show. We had knew each other beforehand and had seen each other at the odd social. Uh, we were in the same Young Farmers Club. We were in Reston Young Farmers together, and you were really true. good friends with my cousins. And you'd been to Australia with my cousins as well. And um, but you and I didn't really know each other that well. And at the Highland Show dance, you were out with my cousin John. Mm-hmm. And I was out with my uh, Ockencrew college friends, one of the agricultural colleges in here. We had a few drinks. 
<laughs> Probably fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we had actually seen them that much of each other during the night. No. But we got speaking at the end of the night. We did. Probably because we couldn't find any of our friends. That's right. <laughs> um, and we had a really good chat that yeah. night. And yeah, sort of after that, we we started to see a bit more of each other. You started texting me. Uh, <laughs> and do you remember what I asked you? What did you I ask? said, how many acres do you have? Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> so Nina, um, a love story. What do you make of that? That's wonderful. It is, isn't it? It's just fun. You can't help smiling, honestly. But the Highland Show is, is it, it, that's what it does. It brings people together. And, you know, I hadn't quite thought of the, the whole love angle of it. But yeah, it's fantastic. And There'll be people that we know that definitely met at the Highland Show. Well, uh, my brother, my brother Alex, he met his uh, gorgeous girlfriend, Erica, at the Highland Show. I heard rumours that he was actually after Erica's sister, <laughs> Aileen. <laughs> It's such a a focal point that really brings young farmers from all over the country yes. together. And obviously, we have a lot in common with other young farmers. We're all trying to do the same sort of things and have passion for, for the same sort of things. There's, I heard of a couple uh, near to me. Very sadly, one of them's no longer with us, but... Um, they met oh many probably sixty years ago at the Highland Show and and were married for a very very long time. So I mean th- there'll be many more stories out there where that came from. But um, Sarah, I guess it's just another example of that that the importance of of connection. Yeah, and again in dull research terms, we'd probably talk about social networking and social capital. But I think the the clip you just played is far more romantic and. Uh, full of emotion so I I think I'm going to stop being an academic (laughs) (laughs) no don't do that don't do that (laughs) (laughs) no I just I just know of all the caravans that are around the site and I'm not surprised romance blooms (laughs) (laughs) indeed (laughs) you probably have to edit that bit out (laughs) but yeah no I think it's it's important because it shows the social connections are extremely important whether they are that kind of high level uh fun love type thing or whether they're they're deeper and more supportive and more needed i suppose so that smoothly leads us into the next clip and and we're about to hear from heather wildman who is a director of the highland society and also a business owner and she really tells a story of of how the highland show and other shows provide a really supportive mechanism for her and many other people too for me you know the highland show um you can get a little bit emotional when you think about that some of the days um, I think we've all had different times where we've maybe been at a low point, our confidence is rocked, we've questioned why we're doing what we're doing. For me, 2014 was a, a pretty rough year and I was just at a bit of a lost point. I was contemplating starting my own business, but I didn't know what I was going to do, who I was going to be. And it was funny how other people see you compared to how you see yourself. And, and it was some random conversations with people um, generally in the members bar or the Nuffield reception or the young family or different things. So I said, well, why don't you try this? Have you thought about this? You need to speak to such and such. Um, I'm going to give you this person's number or let's meet up for a coffee after the show. And it's amazing how many times that then led on to something else that just gave you that reassurance because often others see things in us that we don't see ourselves, particularly when we're 
maybe just feeling a bit overwhelmed and a little bit lost in a, a darkish place. So, Sarah, um, I suppose this this talks very much about as you say, social networking. Heather's talked about the, the support that she's got from a, a business and a social angle to um, help give her confidence to drive forward new ideas, but also help her out of, of dark, low points as well. So I guess, um, you know, there's there's something slightly deeper there as well, isn't there? Yeah, the research shows that people are really connecting in what they call low-level ways just in ordinary ways where they want to have conversations pre-crisis. So things that might seem maybe unimportant or frivolous, so connecting over a knitting group or a pottery group or a coffee morning actually allows people to connect at at the level they want to. So it might be at what might seem like a superficial level, but can then allow people to open up a little bit more, particularly when the um, connections are, are trusted ones and that can then extend into environments like the Highland Show and we've seen that and Nina might want to say more but we've seen that with the Women in Agriculture Task Force and the, the fantastic buzz at the breakfast there on a I think a Thursday morning and the support that, that women give to each other at that breakfast is just astounding much of that is built around these trusted relationships and people determined to build each other up you know, making that conscious decision to do so. So I think things over breakfast or over over settings that, that aren't labelled as motivational can actually really lead to people being lifted up and that's so important. You can't underestimate, um, you know, the power of a conversation, asking questions, um, debates, discussions. I mean, the seminars at the Highland Show are an example and people have their views and being listened to and feeling that your viewpoint is taken seriously gives a huge sense of worth to yourself. Um, you feel, again, can that connection. What Heather said is really powerful because you never know quite what's going on under the surface. Um, it, it, seriously, the Highland Show has got so many different events and, and gatherings that gives people the opportunity to have those discussions and have that um, quite innocent dis- uh debate or our questioning session, um, stress testing, idea swapping. There's so many things that, that come out of that. And um, yeah, it's a huge, it's huge importance. And I think even things around the craft stalls and the cooking and baking, things I could never achieve to those standards, not in my wildest dreams, you know, that's giving feedback to people who otherwise might be quite isolated. You know, this these are tremendous opportunities for people to get that sort of feedback. And something that's been in my mind um, as we've been talking is also this is feedback from people in cities to those in rural areas as well. I think there's nearly 200,000 people come to the Highland Show and many of those are from the cities who are coming to look in awe at much of what people in rural areas do and perhaps take for granted on a daily basis. So it's it's receiving those accolades and that affirmation, if you like, from people out with rural areas as well, which is really, really good for people to receive. It's really good for confidence and feeling that they are contributing so much to Scotland as a whole, the UK as a whole and internationally. Yes, absolutely. And that, that's a key point, actually. And, and we're actually going to try and explore it in a, in a whole episode of its own is, is using local shows and the Highland Show as platforms to show what it is that rural Scotland delivers to to everybody else. And, and I think that's absolutely critical. Um, Nina, um, 
big question for you, if you don't mind. What what do you think are some of the sort of strategies and things that that we can do to try and fill some of this void? We're not going to be going for four days to Ingleston at the end of June. Um, and we've just spent ages talking about all the things that everybody will miss on so many different levels. Um, so what what can, can we do to, to try and, and fill some of that gap? The important thing is the keeping that connection. So things like just talking and um, picking up the phone and speaking to people, to friends, to relatives, to people perhaps you haven't spoken to for a while. And, you know, really make the effort to do that because it, it, it's, it's so rewarding. Thankfully, nowadays, technology is such that you can see people. I and mean, we're having a Zoom meeting at the moment and you can see people's expressions and, and you can have a bit of a giggle. So using that technology, and there's loads, there's, as I said, the Zoom, there's Skype, there's WhatsApp. Now, some people might struggle with that. Some people might not know how to work digital stuff, but it can be so easy. Um, I guess just pick up the phone to RSABI if you're not sure, but it's massive. You know, you can have quizzes online, um, debates online. Young farmers are fantastic. They've just had, I think, a a painted welly competition. And it just that helps with that connection. Um, So, yeah, my, my suggestion is keep talking, make an effort get with your friends and family. I mean, just the other day, I had dinner with my sister and her kids, but in a virtual way, and we had such a laugh. So, you know, just make that little bit of an effort and it'll be well worth it. It's not going to completely replace that social contact that we've been used to, or indeed, you know, something as massive as the Highland Show, but that type of thing will really, really help. I was just going to echo what what Nina was saying really about... um looking out for those who you know are likely not to be connected. I think that's something on my mind. You know, we all perhaps know people who are on their own and you can sometimes find out from someone else what their favourite food is or, you know, their favourite book or something else, you know, and just drop that off. And and also uh, um, e-cards, you know, and you can do these. um, I can't mention the name of a company, obviously, because there are many good ones, but you can do these cards with a photo, these sorts of... uh, ways that we use technology but they're then physical things that people receive. Nina was mentioning the young farmers and I know a bunch of uh, farming friends who are having the equivalent of a pub quiz every Friday night and they're taking it in turns to set the quiz and getting the drinks in and so it is it is as if they're together it's not the same obviously but again looking out for each other and checking on who's not there on a particular week and so on. And using Facebook to send around group messages, you know, having a theme about the best sheepdog and things like that, keeping some of the competition going. And even during lambing time at the moment, I know some farmers are sending around photos of how their lambing is going, you know. So keeping some of that that uh, healthy competition going through this, this uh, virtual chat is all really important. Going back to Sarah's point about reaching out to people that might be isolated and lonely, it's really important to, to try and do that, actually, because um, you'd be surprised, you know, just how much of a difference that can make to someone. Um, but also, if you're worried about somebody, you know, don't hesitate to contact RSABI because we're now phoning out more than 150 people on a regular basis, you know, just to have a chat. Um, and there are, you know, if you're over 70 and you're on a farm and you're isolating, it can be a bit lonely. 
So whether it's just a bit of crack or some suggestions and even that technology might not be available to everybody. So we can help with that. There are loads of people that can get with a couple of phone calls can chat through putting something on a laptop or on a phone that will help people that perhaps not as confident as others with with electronics and and digital media. So, yeah, loads of loads of help out there. But that initial reach out, Sarah's point is really well made. Yes, absolutely. I um, totally agree with you actually about sending things my daughters have just been making bookmarks and we just randomly pop them in the post to friends and I know if you know if I'm on the receiving end of getting something in the post not only is it kind of novel these days because everyone sends email but it just also makes you feel a bit special and and that somebody's thinking of you so I think you know um, just a little actions can make a big difference. I think um, the Royal Highland Show, given the earlier piece, should do a collage of all those who've um, fallen in love or got married um, through the Highland Show. Yes. I think they should do that and post that on social media. Yes. That would be brilliant. And then have some on Valentine's Day next year, they could have a big party for everybody. Absolutely. And we're invited because it was our idea. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Meeting up with old friends and and having a bit of social, that's, for me, really important about the Highland Show. Yes, I agree. I agree. So I suppose looking forward, because as somebody said in our first episode, you know, this, this is not over. It's just put on hold. What will you be most looking forward to about turning up on the Thursday of the Highland Show 2021, do you think? I think connecting with people who you won't have seen for two years and just having even bigger hugs, you know, hugging them even more strongly because you'll be even more grateful. God, there'll be so many many people running in the opposite direction if I start going looking for hugs. (laughs) (laughs) There might be even more marriages as a result of the next year's show. (laughs) There might well be. <laughs> but some people will have experienced loss this year and yes yeah the no, mental health charities are talking about post traumatic yeah. stress yeah. you know not just the stress now but the post trauma and they're talking of post trauma as was after foot and mouth and so there will be you know people who will feel they got through you know there will be a sense of resilience and having got through and there will be a lot of people looking eye to eye and saying you know thank goodness we're still here and and it's fantastic to see you really fantastic to see you and feeling a sense of gratefulness for still still being around and the Highland Show still being around and being able to connect again so I think that there might be an air of of thankfulness and excitement around that as well and gratefulness for being there so I hope yeah And that goes back to what you said at the very beginning, Sarah, which is about the fact that it's an opportunity for people to open up and and be a bit vulnerable. And so as well as, uh, you know, meeting our friends and the members for a drink, hopefully next year, those people who have suffered loss and have found it really difficult will feel comfortable and able to to go to the right place, RSABI or wherever else and be open and, and, and seek help that way. So again, the Highland Show will go back to, to serving its dual function of supporting people and helping people to have a, a blooming good time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there, that's been very insightful and, and emotional as well, I think. Um, Nina Clancy from RSABI and Professor Sarah Skerritt, I just wanted to say thank you again I think that's been it's been fascinating. So so really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks also to Heather Wildman and to our Highland Show young lovers, Andrew and Janie. 
Whether you want a bit of help with your mental health or just a bit of advice on how to set up a Zoom call, remember that you can reach RSABI every day between 7 in the morning and 11 at night on their helpline. And the number is 0300 111 In next week's episode, we're focusing on the brilliant work of RET, the Royal Highland Education Trust, particularly the online resources that they've got for families during homeschooling and lockdown. And I certainly know how useful they are. After that, we're looking to hear from people who do business at the Highland Show. How are you coping this year? Tweet at on underscore farm UK to get involved. We'd love to hear from you. And finally, because we now know the importance of staying connected and keeping in touch with friends, even if we can't see them face to face this summer, we're finishing up by going back to Jenny and Christina's video chat. They're reminiscing and sharing memories. And uh, by the way, Diesel for the uninitiated is a drink that's equal parts lager and cider with a dash of blackcurrant. I think maybe I've tried it myself once or twice. Thank you so much for being with us and uh, see you next time. When was your first Highland show, Jenny? So I was six months old. I was born in November. So I was six months old, my first Highland show, and they left me at home, which I don't think they ever did after that. They took a mare and foal, a Clydesdale mare and foal, to the show. Yeah, so I think I've gone every other year. And obviously there wasn't a show in 2001 with Foot and Mouth, which I think... Was that how long ago Foot and Mouth was? Yeah, 2001, yeah. I'm pretty sure, well, I remember we had a big night out in Edinburgh that weekend because even though the shows were cancelled, it didn't stop people getting together. Oh, my goodness. See, it's that long ago. You do, I, but Foot and Mouth only just feels like it was almost yesterday and it's like like 19 years ago. I think we still probably drank some diesel. Pro- probably. That's that's quite a high, uh, um, something we all do in a member of the Highland show. It's the purple tongues. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's a marked difference with, obviously, between foot and mouth and this, because, as you say, we can't can't get together. But I don't know what we'll do at the week of the Highland show. I'll need to have some Zoom chats and WhatsApp chats with folk, I think. I know. Feeling a bit lost. We'll maybe have to, like, um, take the mare and foal around the field and pretend we're at a show or something like that. <laughs> you could video her. Maybe we could have, like, a, a an online a few showing classes just to virtual shows and stuff because otherwise it won't we won't be doing anything all summer i don't think i will so miss seeing you this year steenie bop it's also this year it's even quite important that we you know people are trying to start say well let's do something at the end of the year you know we will all get through this we will all get to the other side and at some point in time they're gonna let us all come together and you know hug everyone and have a drink together and raise a glass and Hopefully, you know, we'll get to that point and we'll be able to do that again in the future. And, and you know, I can't think of it. You know, we'll definitely be raising a glass of gin sometime soon. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, Chick. Yeah, it's so lovely to see you. Yeah, I know. Yes, you too. You. I know. I know. I wish I could give you a hug. Well, give a virtual hug. Oh, take care and let me know about the fall. It could it could be a long week this week. <laughs> oh, if only I lived closer and I was allowed to travel, I'd come and do full watch for you for a night check. I'll maybe send you the video link then and you can sit at one in the morning and watch it. <laughs> I'll do that. I would do that for you. I'm a bit of a night owl anyway. So, yeah, um... Gosh, kind of gives you goosebumps thinking about uh, everything that we've missed uh, Highland show-wise over the last two years because of the pandemic. So um, I'm looking forward to heading there in a few weeks' time and uh, hopefully I'll see some of you there.